Morning, everybody. It is a Saturday, September the 30th, 2023. Good old 710 KNUS, the voice of the people. 710 KNUS Weather Center, weather 87, the high today, 84 on Sunday, back to work Monday, 80 degrees. Next week in this studio, Jimmy, Dr. Daddy-O Walker, uh, legend in Denver radio as well. I believe he has to be one of the first, if not the first, African-American to own and operate his own radio station, then KDKO. And we're talking so much about radio on the air and off the air. No one better. Stories are great. Off-air stories. I've always said the day will come when when, when the off-air stories, we flip it. And the stories that we tell off air, we tell on air, and then we head for the exits. That sounds good. That sounds good. Darren McGee's here, DMAC, longtime hey. radio talk show host in Denver, and just telling funny stories. And so you were, we were telling a story about how you you go to talk, and we had yeah. to break off for the. Yeah, well, it's just a. You, I was at KBPI, you were on the third floor over there at Clear Channel at the time, not iHeart. And um, you guys are up on the fourth floor. At a KOA seven sixty, which was oh. a, a bunch of different things, and then then KHOW, right. and at one point seven sixty was Progressive Talk, Air America, and, and it flubbed. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But before it flubbed, <laughs> before that happened, um, I was starting to dip my toe in the mm-hmm. pool, and I'm a very um, kind of down the the middle sort of Democrat. Okay, I've been that my whole life. Um, so I'm from Massachusetts. My parents and my relatives are holy cow. Um, but but I'm I, I'm, I'm I think I'm a, a more of a son of the West. I, I think being out here kind of opens your mind up to different things that you really seriously don't even occur to you on the the East Coast. Um, so, anyways, um, reason I bring it up is I was asked to fill in, and this has got to be I've got to be the only person to ever do this. I filled in for you in the morning. Yeah. Dave Logan in the afternoon, wow. and the next morning I filled in for Jay Marvin, and I, I am going to assume. You know, Jay, uh, you know Jay passed. You know I did not. Yeah. I did yeah. not know that. Yeah, I'm passed. I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah. Um, Jay was a um, well, oh. he was a legend, um, but he was a quirky guy to sort of work with. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> He's on the I'm list. Sure, I'm sure He's you on have, the list. I'm sure you have more story, many, oh. many, many more stories than I yeah. do, because Jay didn't really communicate with me all that much, even though I was. I thought we would be like. Pals and, and buddies and uh, wrong again. No. <laughs> Whereas Logan and I are, are friends oh, to the day. No I one mean, better. He's fantastic. No one better. And so I'm filling in for you. And this now I did a lot of and I filled in with um, Capelson Silverman sure. and George Brockler, whose beautiful picture I see up yeah. here. George and I did a lot of shows together. Yeah. We did so many shows together that I, we thought they were going to offer us something at KHOW. We really did. Because when you think about it, you were on in the morning, Kaplis and Silverman in the afternoon, Tom was on in the middays. I mean, that was a hell of a radio station. And I thought, I thought, ah, maybe, you know, me and George, like, after Dan and Craig, like, that would be kind of a... Evenings. That's what I thought. And I I don't even know. I think they had syndicated stuff on at night, so I think they they theoretically could have done it. So anyways... um, I had filled in for you twice. I'll never forget this. And I, it really was okay. But you did a tough show. You did a five-hour show, 5 a.m. to 10 a.m., and without a, a co-host. It was just you and the producer and whatever was going on. So when I when I was asked to fill in for you, it was like 
filling in for you. Like, not with, like, George or somebody else. It was just five hours, the news of the day, here you go. And it's five o'clock in the morning. Peter, I'll never forget. I wanted to tell you the story. There was one, It was my third show. Not my first or second. I don't know why it was my third. I was so nervous. And I have no idea why my third time filling in for you, I was so nervous. Peter, I couldn't sleep at all. It was the only time I couldn't sleep. I mean, I tried the best I could. It just felt like that alarm clock was going to go off at any second. I I never felt more unprepared in my life. Because I think the first couple times I did it, I didn't think about it. Then I realized actually what you were really doing. And it scared the crap out of me after I had already done it. And you were so, I'll never forget what you said to me afterwards, that, uh, after that particular show. You were so kind to me. And you came up and you said, Darren, you just need to slow it down. You just need to focus in on it a little bit. And you're going to be all right. You just can't, you're, you're just trying to do a little bit too much, a little bit too quick. Just, just relax. You, you're, you're good. Peter, those were some of the kindest, wisest words anybody in broadcasting has ever ever given me and i've i've taken see i'm remembering the story like it's yesterday this is like 18 19 years ago and um i'm always so i'm here literally i'm here to say thank you specifically for that moment and um and thank you and that's how much it meant to me well how about um, that yeah i mean when stefan of course has gone through his trials and we all have yeah and when i'm a kid i boxed you know it wasn't any good but i tried and we fought for a guy was our coach, hmm. Stan Szymanski, the Polish Falcon. <laughs> okay. All right, all right. And the Falcon always, and I, I've told this to so many people, the Falcon would say, every champion goes, he said, everybody goes down. Hmm. The champions get back up. And I sent you that text. Mm-hmm. And so I'm telling Stefan, because we did a, an hour together, hmm. and Stefan said, you sent me that text. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, you carried it through time, mm-hmm. but we're all going down. And in and, and this business, we're all going down. Yeah, yeah. But it's the getting back up. Yeah, man. And, and you know, I don't think we would do this if it, if there wasn't part of us that just loved it so much. that well, it's, like It's, it's mystical. Um, there, there's just something weird that's wired into us that we think people well, care what we have to say. But to a certain degree, it's it's just a um, an innate ability or a desire to express yourself creatively, I think, and I think there's to do it well like you have, and you're definitely a huge mentor to me. Um, I think there's an artistry to it, and Absolutely. and there's there's a personal connection to somebody who's listening right now. And when I say you, I'm talking to you. I'm not at Red Rocks. I'm talking to you right now who's listening. And what's more intimate than that? I'm reading a book right now, and it's entitled Hoax. Hmm. And, and I have finished one book that I brought in for Louis, and then I'm reading Hoax right now, and it's about Fox News. Mm-hmm. And the guy in his first three or four chapters talks about morning television. Mm-hmm. And he goes back to Dave Garraway, which mm-hmm. is... Yeah, sure, Today Show. Yeah, yeah. Monkey, uh, the whole thing. Uh, uh, yep. Fred Muggs. Yep, yep. I'm Fred J. Muggs. J. Fred, <laughs> I, but he, he... Garraway got it. Um... He knew, and Garraway kind of sets the stage for everybody, because he, and so when they finally get to Fox, they call it Fox and Friends, mm-hmm. because Garraway knew that these were his friends. Mm-hmm. And I mean, through that whole Katie Couric, you know, all of this, but yeah. they, on some level, they all knew. And um, 
I've always thought about that. Yeah. You know, you're, 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 here we are, you know, giving away trade secrets that don't exist. But mm. when, when you do the show, mm-hmm. or when you get a chance to do the show, but I always told people, and they wanted to know how you do the show, and I said, here's what you do. Here's our phone bank over here. Mm-hmm. You put a towel over those phones. Right, right. Do an hour. Yeah. Yeah, I always tell people that are interested, and I've had, I'm sure you've had a million people over the years ask you about it. I have, I have too. And I really love talking to younger people um, about the process, but I just say this. Get in your car, turn everything off, and talk for 10 minutes, and let's see how mm-hmm. you do. See what you got. And if you can talk for 10 minutes, then maybe you got something. But- I know I could do it. I know I could mm-hmm. I could go to any radio station in America. You could give me basically any topic and I could talk about it for an hour straight. And I can no problem. D Max here, Peter Boyle, seven ten Kane US. Good morning, everybody. And I could do this by a commercial load. You could take me to Miami, you could take me to Massachusetts. Doesn't matter. Put me in a hotel room. <laughs> Give me a couple of days to listen. Yeah. yeah, I can tell you who's number one, number two, number, yeah. not by not by the format, right, right, by the spot load. <laughs> you got my my one of my favorite guys, Joe Williams, Urban yeah. Joe. The, the, he was on with us last weekend. Uh, Joe, how is he doing? All right, he's, he's okay. So Joe Joe gave one of, and we all miss Irv so much. Irv is so great. Oh. Talk about somebody who was so kind to me in that transition where he could have been upset or jealous or whatever i can't think of somebody who had more class than irv and and joe so joe has one of my favorite radio quotes of all time he he may be listening as we speak i I hope he is joe i love you joe and joe joe famously said anybody can be on the radio can you get paid to be on the radio (laughs) my my story and i hitman and i've talked about this is and it was one of the most fun things I've ever done in my life. I worked in pro wrestling. Oh my God! I did not know that. And I, I didn't know. And that. I worked uh, for for Vern Gagne. Okay, I know Vern. A- well, I know A-W- Vern out of Minneapolis. Actually, they were out of Mound, Minnesota. Okay. And um, I did the Denver Coliseum a couple of times, and they said, "Okay, we'll take you on a road." What, wait, what do you mean? You like were you the interview guy? Or no, you, I did. You... I did television, and I did the uh, ring, and I did the ring bell. Time that that is crazy. I oh. did not know that. Oh, that was great, and it was in that golden the crusher. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Dick the Bruiser. You know, sure, sure, sure. Everybody, and so true story. We're in Casper, Wyoming, and we'd we done. <laughs> You did one night, one night, and there was before cable and before the internet. Nobody, I mean, nobody knows the outcome mm-hmm. or, or, or cares, right? Except the people in the seats, right. who are known as marks. They don't call them fans. Right. They don't call them ticket buyers. Right. They call them marks. Right, right. And I've told the story before, so we couldn't get out of there till about two thirty in the morning because there were people waiting outside that were unhappy with the, they, what the what the results yeah they it's called a screw job ending where the, i mean it has a name where the where the the bad guys win yeah. over and by yeah. the only guy in the only guy in the building that can't see it is the ref right yeah 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 right, 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 screw right. job ending all that stuff so we're walking through and there's a big hubbub and the big fight in the ring and you know mm-hmm. everything happened and mm-hmm. and i got clipped somebody somebody oh somebody nailed up somebody nailed me okay and they ripped the rented tuxedo so we're walking across the parking lot mm-hmm. true it's like two thirty something and remember we used to call them church vans they were real sure. big yeah 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 well they yeah. had one they had yeah. two of them actually yeah and um i'm supposed to drive because they wanted to smoke weed and get drunk. <laughs> well, there, there you go. There we're you going, go. I'm, going, glad, I'm glad you were the responsible. We're one, going Peter. to Cheyenne. Well, what am I going to tell them, guys? No. 
All right, I'll have to show you. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I'm going yeah. to tell superstar Billy Graham. No, that's all right, Bill. You drive. Hey, that's a lonely road. I've done that drive oh. from Cheyenne to Casper and back. That's uh, you got to be on your P's and Q's on that road. Heenan turned, and I said, what a night. You know, I'm just, you know, like excited. Never had a, oh, mm-hmm. I had one other crazy night like that. But he turns me around the parking lot. He holds mm-hmm. me by both shoulders. Yeah. And he says, he looks me in the eyes, and he said, did you get paid? <laughs> and? After that, I understood everything. <laughs> there you go, Peter. That's the truth. Did you get paid? Did you get? And look, how, look how look at you, man. You are you're you are you continue to be my hero, man. Look wow. at you. I, I I love it, man. You are such an inspiration. But who who was the guy that let you? And you're going to get paid to do this? I know. I know. And you know what? For a long time, I uh, barely got paid to do it. You know, and oh, yeah. you know, I, I I don't think I ever, Peter. It, <laughs> This is going to sound pretty naive no. and stupid, but it was never about money for me ever no. No. doing this. It wasn't. I mean, you have a wife. You have, and I'm so lucky to have the most. Our 29th wedding anniversary was just wow. uh, last weekend, wow. and we got married six years. To That's the, a record for radio, too. That might be. <laughs> and 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 six. We we got married six years to the day that we met wow. in school. So we've been together for 35 years, wow. and she is the 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 best thing in my life by a mile. Next to my unbelievable, I have a 23-year-old son. He's playing ball, right? Uh, that's my 21-year-old okay, son. Okay. My 23-year-old is working for a digital advertising company uh, down near Union Station. He was at Arizona State for five years, so for him to come back to Colorado was pretty cool. And he, Peter, he's off scholarship. I got a kid. I mean, he does. He is. He pays for everything. I, I, I don't pay for anything for him. Um, and I was downtown last night, and we went out to eat, and it was just such a joy to see. You know, your own son doing so well. My 21-year-old is playing college baseball. Uh, He's out in St. Louis playing college baseball, and He's a pretty uh, pretty good baseball player, and he's got his own dreams, and we'll we'll see where they go. Uh, his best friend Harry Gustin was drafted by the Padres, and there's three other kids he played with: Ethan O'Donnell, Colby Shade, and Jack yeah. Moss, who all were drafted this year. So the possibility is real in terms of maybe you can achieve some of those dreams, Peter. So just like what I would tell anybody, if you've got a dream, if you, oh. there's something you want to do. You just keep going. And then, you know, eventually, Peter, you know what it is? It's like when you quit your day job and you're in a band and you get in that van to go. You don't give yourself any other options. And when you don't give yourself any other options, it's it's a little scary because, well, here you go. But what I had in my life was a partner, my wife, who was willing to take that journey with me. So, uh, but, but Colorado, I'm not leaving Colorado, pal. I'm not, I'm not leaving the state. I mean, th- th- I'm not leaving here. Ron- D-Max here, I-, I call those moments... And it comes back from Greek mythology. You burn the boats on the beach. There you go. And Don't when, give yourself a choice. No, you can't go back. You can't go back. You can't go. Well, I'm there. I, I wouldn't know what to do anyways. I have no other skill set but this. You know, Dave Logan, who we both adore. Love Dave. David was studying for, like, he had, the Broncos cut him. And I, I forget what insurance company or what investment company. And he was studying Prudential or somebody, Mm -hmm. and the phone rings, and it's Irv. Mm. That's right. I've heard the story before. True story. You should do this. You can do this. You can can, can do this. Yeah. And when they did Irv's funeral, they did. There was yeah, a private, that was. Oh, were you there? It was a private funeral. Oh, I was at the. I was at the um, the the big one there up in um up at the arena yeah, there. The, but yeah, pri- go ahead. The private funeral. Yeah. And it was like a who's who and a what's what. Yeah. And his boys got up. 
Yeah. Ir- Irv Sunsgrada. Yeah. And, I mean, I, you think to yourself, boy, if somebody would ever say those kinds of things about yeah. me. Yeah. And he... He was, and uh, Irv was one of a kind. Well, you know, it's funny with social media now, Peter. I, I felt like I'm, I'm, I've been at my own funeral here for the past two weeks. Well, we're going to talk about it. Let me do this. I'll start all over again. D-Max here. <laughs> it's going to be 87 for a high today. Peter Boyle, 710 KNUS. It is 22 minutes after the hour, 10 o'clock. Danny Kaplitz and Kaplitz Law Firm. Danny's, of course, the only attorney in Colorado history to win five straight multi-million dollar jury verdicts and motor vehicle crash cases. Dan and his partners, and a lot of these guys come out of the, D, the uh, DA's office. They've won the largest truck crash jury verdict in Colorado history. The firm speaks for itself. History of seven and eight figure settlements and verdicts that speak for themselves. This is a firm where good people from all walks of life, without regard to the ability to pay, receive the level of legal representation that everybody does deserve. Danny believes that, you know, talks cheap, experience counts. Results matter. The firm would be happy to share with you its track record of outstanding jury verdicts, out-of-court settlements. The Capitalist Law Firm believes that what and who you hire says so much about you to everybody involved. They suggest you choose a law firm that shares your values. The firm believes its core values about the foundation of historic success, faith, integrity, hard work, dedication. Call Danny. Any question you have, 303 303- Seven seven zero five 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 one three zero three seven seven zero fifty five fifty one or Capless Law. Danny's last name C A P L I S. CaplessLaw dot com. Morning, everybody. There it goes. Eighty seven will be the high today. Eighty four on Sunday. Eighty on Monday. Peter Boyle's on the air everywhere. Next Saturday in studio, Doctor Daddio Jimmy Walker will be with us. Another radio legend. With us now, an off-the-air and on-the-air, great storyteller, Darren, and of course, everybody knew him as DMAC, uh, Darren McGee, who, of course, got kicked out. We were, we were talking to each other about how many times, I turn your mic on, I'm sorry, there you go. how many times they, they opened the door and put you in the street? I think I'm at 10, uh, some, because it's, and every everyone has its own story, so... Um, but but never I've never it was never for anything like um, an incident that I, I I did never although there were things over the years that were kind of interesting but there was never anything like that this latest thing not, and not I can't, like what I did I uh, know you had you had a thing I don't know how open you are about that talk but, about it. I'll tell you if it's true or false uh, well you just had you had a thing you had you had an incident you did and you know that broke my heart. Because I love you, and I love the guy that you know you're involved with, and again, I'll just keep names out of it. I don't know what's what. I don't know. So, so when I when that happened, man, that bummed me out, man. Because I really love being part of the the K How family. Yeah, you know, I I felt like I was kind of like just on the outside of it there a little bit, but I was pretty regular um, filling for you or with. uh, well, more more when like Dan would go away with Craig and uh, and me and George Brockler, me and George Brockler did a lot of shows together, and I, I think George is terrific. Even though we're, it's so funny because we're, we're we have a lot of similarities, but boy, we see certain things in terms of news differently. He's a prosecutor, but, but but then at the end yeah. of the day, like the end of the show, we would get up and give each other yeah. a hug and like be good. pals. He's, he's and a good, he's a good, but he's a prosecutor. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it was always it was always like, well, if me and George can get along, yeah. and we see things so kind of wildly different, why can't more people get along? Let me ask you a question about sports that 
sure. follows that track. Yeah. Why could the Bolins not get along? Well, because there were... Well, as it was well, well laid out, there were actually three families. And this is crazy because the third family... Pat Bowen had a child out of wedlock. Her name was Alexandra. With Ooh, a, I never knew that. Oh, you know, yeah. So he had eight children, oh, not seven. I never knew that. Yeah. Well, um, Nikki Javala and I, who Nikki's an amazing writer. She yeah, writes now for the sure. Washington Post. We worked on that story quite a bit. And, and the reason was, it really was like Game of Thrones, Peter. There were just, there were um, two significant um, uh, well, next wife, Sally Parker, and then Annabelle Bolin, the, the wife. And then he had a, you know, a love child. He did. And, and, but she wasn't really part of things. She kind of came into the picture later because court documents came out and her name was in court documents. So they had to explain like who this other child was. But apparently from everything I've been told, uh, this, this woman, Alexander was well taken care of and Pat looked after and all that sort of stuff. So you've got this very fascinating family dynamic, but the real opposite ends were the, the mothers. Like they just were just separate sort of entities. So you had Amy and Beth with Sally, who is Pat's first wife, and then five children with Annabelle. And, and it's, they were all, Friendly enough, Peter, but the age difference between the kids was was really significant. I mean, there was a massive age difference between Amy, um, the oldest, and and the youngest one. And they just, Peter, they just, man, they just could never really kind of all get it together. They just could not get really in the same room and how much money? How much money was at stake? Well, the team sold for four point six five billion dollars. Think it through, right? So, and from what I understand. They each get an equal piece of the pie, but not until they turn 40 years of age. And I think only two of them, Amy and Beth, are over 40. So the other kids kind of have to hang in there a little bit. I think. I think. That's what I've been told. That's what I think. I'm I mean, not an expert on it at this think, point. I always said, I could get along with Satan. <laughs> For that kind of money. Well, they're all going to get, they're all going to I know, I be fabulously wealthy. And Amy and Beth have already, you know, they're older than 40. So it's a lot of money. I mean, it's hundreds of millions for each child. Was he the owner that people say he was? From all accounts. You know, it's funny. Like, I started covering the Broncos. I've been here since 99. Mm-hmm. So it's not like I hadn't been around the Broncos. I had. But I really started doing more in-depth coverage of the Broncos, I'd say, in 2009 when Mike got let go. And in 2009, Pat was kind of, mm. Peter, he's kind of in and out. There were really lucid, great moments. Something and then was happening. Yeah. Something was happening. Yeah. And the, the last time that he just spoke without any filter to questions was the day Mike Shanahan got fired. Peter, that was a surreal day. Yeah. Yeah. So Mike comes down in their big team room, speaks for an hour. Yeah. An hour about being fired. He walks out. Pat walks in. He does an hour talking about it. It was one of the most remarkable days. Were and you in the room when that I, sh- I sure was. I asked Mike Shanahan. I'll never forget. It. I go, do you, do you think you deserve to be fired? Nice shot. <laughs> well, it's the most logical question, right? Not as good as the one I got asked on the podcast, but it's close. <laughs> well, I, I believe when you're asking questions. Um, oh, Ask a tough one. Yeah, be direct. Yeah. You don't have to dance I'm, around it. I'm with you. You know, I mean, just just be direct and be polite. I, I don't no. believe in being rude with it. You don't have to, I don't think. But be direct with it. Any, anybody turn you away? Because I have a ton of people that turn me away. In terms of wanting to do interviews with me or something like that? Either won't return your call, won't show up, Oh, uh, get up and walk. Well, I, I've... 
I've never wanted to do an interview with somebody who didn't want to be interviewed. So as soon as you let me know you don't want to be interviewed, then forget it. Why do I want to or, or need you? So no. No, really. Because it, there's never been anybody important enough that I care that much about. Okay. Because kind of whatever. Either you want to be part of this or, or you don't. So it's, that's, that really hasn't happened to me. But I haven't done – it's sports for the most part that I've done. No, but you know. D-Max here. Darren, Darren McGee, of course, we talked about what's ha- – we haven't talked about what's happened. But um, he was and is a Denver sports talk legend. He will work again as soon as possible. But, <laughs> Hope so. But, but that getting into the I, – I had this thing that I always said. I wanted the ball. Mm. You know, if there was – and there, there were plenty of po- – I'll give you a list of politicians that still won't talk. Is that right? Oh, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, just from both sides, you know, I'm not, not going to talk to him or they. Really, no, all right. Yeah. But, I mean, to, to me, it's like, well, if you're in the public light like that and you don't want to talk, what are you doing? Like, what is it? What are you hiding? What are you trying to keep a secret? It's like Trump won't go to the, to the debate. <laughs> yeah, well, he doesn't need to, does he? Well, he doesn't need to, but he he will be confronted if he does. Yeah, it's it's an easy thing just to stay well, don't, away. From don't things. you know? I mean, back to talk radio. Yeah, there are talk stations that are occupied by what I call a homer that they will not speak ill. You're looking at me. <laughs> that will not. Um, one of the, one of the things that we both I, I admire and love about Joe Williams, Joe Williams was living off of John Elway. Oh my God, Joe is so funny. We always joked with Joe is like when John retired, Joe would probably say, <laughs> "I told you he wouldn't win three yeah. Super Bowls," <laughs> and he lived off of them. <laughs> he did, but I mean that is one thing. Like, hey, Joe had to eat a little crow on on, oh, on Elway. Oh, I mean a little, a little bit at least, right? A little. So, uh, but Joe's the best. Joe's the best. Well, there's no one better in the world. I yeah, mean, I love he's, Joe. He's my guy. But yeah. but so when are there people that wouldn't talk to you or when? Well, I, I would have. I think the most famous one, I guess, while um, re- relatively recently, is is I was pretty critical of Emmanuel Sanders mm. um, because there was things I was seeing with him that I was like, "Hey, man, that's not good for the locker room. That's not yeah. a positive." And when I talked about it, he clapped back at me, and we went back and forth for like a couple Ooh. of years, yeah. like kind of in a, a pretty angry yeah. sort of way. And finally, he um, came into the studio. And man, that was an interesting day. Let me tell you. He came in. We did a, an hour or so. We kind of hashed it out. And you know what? We're friends. I consider him a friend. We 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 settled. We hashed out whatever we had to hash out. We talked off the air. Um, he came on the show again, and I talked to him relatively relative within the past year. And I really like Emmanuel, yeah. so I'm a fan. No, but I call those a run and gun. There were people that, you know, you would go out of your way. And there was a certain politician, yeah. elected a politician, who would not, if Patricia Calhoun from Westward and I were in the studio, would not come in the building. Why? Well, and <laughs> okay. you remember, remember, remember what, was, what was that woman's name? We're working at KL, Dr. Not Dr. Ruth. Dr. Laura? Dr. Laura. Dr. Laura. I think she was on at night, wasn't she? She would not come in the building if I were there. Get out of here. True story. Why? Dr. Laura? They're doing an appearance. And so 
I was just in one of those moods. And so I, so Laura comes on and she's promoting her appearance. Yeah. I said, Dr. Laura, <laughs> I said, do you mind if I ask you a difficult question? And she said, no, okay. I, I don't mind. So I said, hey, green light, right? There we go, yeah. I said, you tell women to stay home and, you know, be your kids' mothers. And I said, mm-hmm. you're flying all over the country. Mm-hmm. I said, you're having a grand old time. Mm-hmm. You're, you know, you're sitting. She didn't appreciate that. No. And, <laughs> well, Christine, you know Christine, Chris Olinger. Christine calls me in uh, her office. Remember, she had the corner office. Yeah, yeah. And she says, shut the door. And you never know what's oh going to happen God. when that happens. Yeah, that's yeah, probably not comes. good. Here we go. Here it comes. And she said, uh, you can't be in the building. When your show's over tomorrow, I think it was. The, that is crazy. People. Get out. And I that, said, that is crazy. Said, Dr. Laura will not come in this building. Come on. I swear. And she says, I'm done. <laughs> I had to leave. Wow. Get in the car. I mean, I, wow. I mean, I wasn't upset about it, but. I'll give you a fun one. I'll all give right. you a fun one. Um, so, because I was doing fill-in stuff on all three stations. And Al Franken. Oh, man. Well, he was working at 760. <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. So yeah. Al Franken was doing an appearance. And he he needed to, like, go away yeah. for, like, an hour to yeah. whatever. So, like. I'm like, oh my God, Al Frank, this is going to be so sure. great. They're asking me to fill in for an hour. Like, yeah. I'm going to be right here, and then he's going to come back, and maybe I'll get to go on with them or whatever. You know, we're going to chop it up. We're here, we are, you know? And he couldn't have been ruder to me. <laughs> I'm sure he doesn't even know it, but like, yeah. he was so dismissive. Yeah. He was like, ah, don't touch my papers. And I'm like, uh, okay, Al, <laughs> Al, you know, and he oh. goes, he goes away, and then he comes back, and he's like, ah, okay, you know, get out of here, basically. Yeah. And I was like, oh. All right. Well, there you go. Al Franken for you, ladies and gentlemen. I've told the story probably too many times when I'm a kid coming into the business. And my mentor is the late, great Bob Lee. And Bob and I have a first hit show I've ever was ever involved in a country radio station, mm. KLAK, right when, you know, outlaw country hits and it were just, you know, urban cowboy hits. We're perfect. So Steve Allen is appearing at Elitch's. Mm-hmm. I grew up on Steve Allen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm in awe of Steve Allen. Yeah, 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 yeah. Steve Allen comes in the studio because he's uh-huh. appearing at Italy, Italy, and I'm sitting. Don't meet your heroes. No, 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 but no, this was a cool story. Oh, so, okay, good, good. So I don't say a word. The yeah. old man's interviewing him, and I'm going, I'm, I can't talk to this guy. Yeah. So we did an hour, and, and he, one of the interesting things, he brought a tape recorder, and he sat it up on top of the console hmm. and clicked it. And um, so there was a, the wrap-up was interesting. It was in a limo, and he had mm-hmm. a driver, and they had security. Mm-hmm. And um, he said, tell the kid, you know, me. And he said, tell him, be careful because on you're going to, let's see, be, be kind on your way up because we were really shooting in the ratings. Mm-hmm. He said, because you're going to meet him on your way down. There you go. Steve Allen turns around, looks at me, he says, let me tell you something. He said, on the way down, it's a different class of people. <laughs> That's, That's a great. great story. That is a great story. And he kind of, you know, and, and he, I why was why did he have the tape recorder? His son was in a cult, and okay, and 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 he was trying to get his boy out of a cult, his oldest son out of a cult. Whoa! He and Jane Meadows, I think, it was their son. Okay, and uh, they were tracking him. They were like stalking him. And they were recording everything. It's like Media Matters. Wow. You know who Media Matters are? Yeah, 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 yeah. When, when Media Matters closes in Colorado, John Caldera said, 
I felt like I lost a stalker girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> Media matters. That's right. Media matters. Yeah, they were living. Yeah, yeah they, they were living off all of us. Yeah, yeah. I forgot about them. Yeah. They well, were. Just, they were something. That was Johnny C's line. I mean, Johnny said, "I felt like I lost a stalker girlfriend." Oh, that's pretty funny. But Steve Allen was like, "No, totally different class of people." And that's like, great. Oh no, he was. That's great. He was a classic. Let me do a couple quick things. Sure, sure. D Max here, seven ten K and US. I'm Peter Boyles. Good morning. Next weekend, the stories will continue. Uh, Dr. Daddio, Jimmy Walker will be here, and he's just, again, talking about the right guy. My friends, Alan Stack and Stack Optical, and Alan's been serving Denver since Dad started in 68, focusing on providing the highest standards of customer service, and they do have the best selection of eyeglasses. They work on appointments, so be sure to call ahead. My, mo- my motorcycle is outside. Motorcycle glasses come from Alan Stack. Ski season starts. Ski goggles come from Alan Stack. Sunglasses, you name it, you claim it. Stack Optical has what you're looking for. Located 2233 South Monaco Parkway near South Monaco and Evans. Make an appointment. That way you just walk in. They're good to go. Give them a call today. The $69 eye exam, 303-321-1578, 303-321-1578. Visit them online, S-T-A-C-K, stackoptical.com, stackoptical.com, Premier Care, Vision Health, Allen Stack and Company, Stack Optical. Call them and tell them Peter Boyle sent you, 303-321-1578. Morning, everybody. 87 degrees will be the high today, 84 Sunday, Monday, 80 degrees. This is a wonderful show, and I always tell this all the time. Off-the-air stories are, most times, are better than on-the-air stories, except off-the-air stories will get us both fired. That's right. (laughs) That's That's right. (laughs) That's right. I'm a little too old to do it again. Um, In studio, the one, the only, DMAC, Darren McGee is with us. And um, we're talking about getting fired. You got fired 10 times. I think so. You know, I I go back on it, and a couple were like just a a station format change. Like we went from a classic rock to a country station, and they allowed us to interview for the jobs. And I'm like, what a farce that was. So that's not going to work out. Um, Had a tough one. With a a guy, a co-host that I did have a thing with. He told my wife to... um, F off in front of me. That was something. Uh, that was in Buffalo. Never good. Yeah, that's a long story. And one of the jobs I got fired from, I loved. I was, um, we had a, a legendary, and he just recently passed, Rick Jenneret in Buffalo. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, and he was uh, a radio guy, but he was so good on radio, they put him on TV, but he did the TV call as if he was doing radio. You don't have to describe everything on TV. You've got images, but he would just do it. He was a legend in Buffalo. So they simulcasted it. So they needed somebody to sort of get it into the TV broadcast on the radio side, intermissions, post game. And I worked for the Buffalo Sabres for a year. Yeah, that was great. And I would travel with the team. I actually worked for the team. And then Rich Jenneret wanted his son to have my job. So I lost that one. <laughs> and then it just kind of then it just kind of keeps going because change is inevitable. Change is the only thing you can really depend on, right? It's the only philosophy that's worth. So you just kind of, you know, keep going. I've had my I definitely have had my ups and downs. I take nothing for granted and I keep nothing personal at any radio station. So uh that's uh cuz the the take the cleaning out of your stuff is just like 
like, oh, you know, I oh. mean, who wants to go through I mean, that? I just told you the story. I know. Yeah. And that's that's yeah. funny because I – so I haven't kept anything at any I, – I made a mistake. This is like more than 15 years ago because um, I was a program director in Colorado Springs, and I had an office. It was wow. the first time I ever had an office. So I was like, oh, I got an office. I should decorate it. I should put things in it. I should do all that. Terrible mistake, Peter. My don't, o- <laughs> don't put anything in your office no. that can't just burn to the ground instantly. <laughs> my office is down the hall. It says men on the door. <laughs> That's my office. <laughs> right, right. You know, uh, so, so, oh. but you went through like, oh, uh, you got, you know, they gave me like a half hour to put stuff oh, yeah. in a box. Oh, and yeah. like, oh, it's brutal. It's, it's, it's tough. But, but what I've always just wanted to do is, is what we're doing right here. I love sports. I love the stories in sports, but I love a lot of things, Peter. I'm, I'm curious. I remain as curious about things as ever, and I just love people, and I think everybody's got an interesting story to tell. I think the athletes do have interesting stories, oh, but yeah. Louie has an interesting story, and you have yeah, an interesting yeah. story. Everybody's got yeah, an interesting yeah. story. I um, I get to write a column for the Chronicle, and with, you know, with respect to Jimmy Buffett, who had a... That a pirate looks at forty. Yeah, and they wrote a pirate looks at fifty. I wrote. I was so sad about Jimmy Buffett. I was I, too. That man, uh, that like broke my heart about Jimmy Buffett. Anyways, and I, so the column I just put out is called "A Pirate Looks at 80. Yeah, man, that's great for you, man. And, I'm so um, happy for but you. The, but the end of the part of the end, of the, you go you do the seven ten k in us, and click on shows and scroll it down. You yeah. see my name and then click on that and it comes into the columns. But I said when I was thirty nine, yeah, and I'm gigging, right? Yeah. I had the answer to every question. I don't care what. I mean, because yeah, a lot of what you and I do are Q's and A's. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. And um, I used to have the answer. You call me up with a question. I had an answer. Yeah, yeah. So I wrote in the column. Now, I don't know what the question is. I have no idea what the question I mean, the, 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 Never mind the answer. The, What's the question? There is no answer. But the question, but the 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 um the romance if you would yeah. of radio it's 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 i think it's still there um i believe in radio yeah. i i believe there's no more intimate form than what we're doing right now i believe there are amazing stories to yeah. be told if you can just settle down and it's so nice and i i'm fine with like t- yeah. you've done a ton of tv stuff and i've done yeah. a bunch i got nothing against it um you just got it's different you know, it's quicker, it's faster, it's not as in-depth. I mean, there's really nothing like this. However, there's there's other platforms, Peter. Technology's been incredible. Well, we're, yeah, we're talking about that. It's off crazy. Of, yeah, about what's what's changing. I, I think as you get older, though, you just, you, you've you got to at least be open to what exists. Because, like, if you just went off what you were when you were first getting into radio or when I was, well, you would have never seen. Nothing. Uh, you know, so if, if, if we're existing in things that we've never seen, well, what the heck's going to be 10, 15 years from now? Well, the road to hell is paved with, you know, and you can go back and look at all these. And I put them in the column that I wrote about. Yeah. That um, Jerry Jeff Walker, one of my favorite songs is uh, like Desperados Waiting for a Train. Mm. It's Jerry Jeff's song. Mm. And I don't think Jeff wrote it, but he sings it probably better than anyone. But he has this moment. And he actually, I found out later, it's it's the guy that was running with somebody's grandmother. It was the old guy and okay. took care of him. And Jeff says, um, these are heroes of our country. And why are they all dressed up like these old men? Mm. You know, and so all of these guys yeah. that, you know, came through and guys that were way ahead of us. And uh, Can I ask you a personal question? Sure, of course. 
What was your relationship with your father? Um, rough at best. I'm oh, sorry to hear that. No, that's right. Because my father's my hero. Yeah. And he's uh, uh, turning 87 in December. And um, I look at you as somewhat of a father figure, Peter, just to, just to keep it real. Well, see, and my, my kids. you remind me so much of my, my dad because yeah. he just had a inquisitive, curious, uh, yeah. Irish Catholic yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, nature the about curse. him. The curse. <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, uh, just real quick. My, yeah. my wife, when we were dating, we were young. We were just in our uh, teens or 20s. She comes for Thanksgiving. And it's um, Thanksgiving at my house. Peter and Eileen McKee, my brother, and me and Kim. And Kim's from Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, very, you know, with the Amish. And so she comes over for Thanksgiving. And after the dinner's over, she goes, why were you guys all yelling at each other? And I go, we weren't yelling. That's how we talk. Sure. Oh. Do you ever see a film? And it's it's one of us called The Heat. And it's those Irishmen all living there. And they walk into that house. And I'm going... It's a real thing. That's a real thing. Like if you in, a, you in, my, in my Boston Irish Catholic background, oh. if, if you were going to be a wallflower, you would oh. get lost. Forget oh. it. Yeah, they, the great line they said to me in Dublin was, "You know, you don't go to jail. <laughs> I can't do it for fighting." He said, you'll go for not fighting. That's good. That, that's that, good. That's, that's that, that, in my father's side of the family, like his parents hated each other. Oh, like my grandparents on my dad's side. I mean. Hey. She would call my grandfather in front of us the devil. Oh, but they they don't get divorced. You can't they don't get divorced church, at all? Church won't allow it. Mean, no kidding. That's and true. then on my 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 mom's side, they, she's one of seven. They don't believe in birth control. No. So it was just kids popping out left and right. It was it was you, insanity. Do you know what Irish Alzheimer's is? <laughs> What's that? You forget everything except who you hate. <laughs> So we, we we would just spend holidays, Peter, just it was oh. a constant uh, amount of yelling about oh, sure. kind of everything. Oh, yeah. And what a great preparation for getting into talk radio oh. than just being around that family. I was thought that too. My brother's, yeah. my, I've lost a brother, but yeah. the great line was, he said, he, uh, until he was seven years old, he didn't know his name wasn't shut up. <laughs> he got shut up. Hey, let me ask you a question. Yeah. Um, I lost my brother uh, two yeah. years ago yeah. in a tragic drowning accident. Um, oh, just a total. He's a doctor. Um, he was he was in a, he was doing a lot of research on um, screening for cancer, mm-hmm. and he was doing so much work. His wife's a, a doctor too, a cancer wow. doc. Wow. And if you can look him up, Brady McKee, Andrew McKee, they've done brilliant research. Do you know you could smoke for twenty years, and if you still get screened, you could be cured of cancer and not come down with cancer if you get screened at the right time, even wow. if you've been smoking for twenty years. Wow! But there's certain um, pharma and big companies and hospitals that really aren't encouraging the screening because sometimes people, Peter, are worth more when they're sick and dying than than when they're alive. That's a theory. Yeah. And so he had done a lot of research into that. He was doing some amazing, amazing work. And um, he just died tragically. And I, 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 we're Irish twins. We're less than, we were less than a year apart from each other. That's my sister now. Yeah. How have you dealt with um so I don't know how long your brother passed away or, or gone but I I'm I struggle with it like um I I feel like I've I've really lost something and um like it wasn't supposed to happen like it was it was supposed to be me and him and my parents are still alive yeah. at 77 and 87 I I feel it's a loss for me I I don't know if you can feel that as well My brother's death was totally different than that but it affected my mother Okay she was he was her favorite. Oh, I mean, I, mean, that, okay. and, and I don't say that with 
any animosity, but she loved him. Mm. And um, my brother would say that she still looked for him to come home mm-hmm. in the end. You know, and so, um, but all of that. How did she communicate that with you? Because I know my mom's dealing with that was, with me it wasn't, quite often. I don't know. We're, this is we're interesting having this conversation. After I gained my sobriety, mm-hmm. and my dad was my dad was gone, and I said to my mom, I was doing pretty good. What would you like to do? Where would you like to go? Mm-hmm. She said, I've never been to Yellowstone. Oh, I said we're going to Yellowstone. Cool. So I, I was working for Chevrolet. They gave me a van. I had the kids. Mm-hmm. Had a hotel. We went to Yellowstone, mm-hmm. and it was the first time. I ever sat and talked to her mm. in really? my, my life. Yeah. I mean, to really, to ask her, I'll tell this story. I never knew about her father mm-hmm. and why we're doing this. And I said, um, she said, don't you remember him? Mm-hmm. And I said, tell me. She said, the old man that would come to the door and I would not let him in the house. Oh, man. And they, they, wow. found, they found my grandfather in an alley. Oh, Peter, I'm sorry. No, that's alcohol. Yeah. I mean, okay, it's, gotcha. It's, uh, gotcha. You know, it's it's the the recessive genetics mm-hmm. that just poured through, and you know, there. I mean, alcohol killed more Irishmen than the English <laughs> than the English did. Yeah, my parents yeah. have always been yeah. sort of uh, reminding me of that, yeah. but I've been lucky on that one. That has not been an issue with me at all. But my brother had that kind of obsessive sure. thing. Oh, yeah. You know what's amazing about him is he he was able to. Some he just stopped, yeah. but but like if I would have a beer, he would have four. Oh. It was like that, and he would have four without like warming up, <laughs> right? Like how did that even happen? But he, when, you oh. know what, he recognized it, Peter, and he just he was on he was on Wall Street. He was a brilliant, mm. brilliant person. He was a chemical yeah. engineering and yeah. a business major at Warren School of Business at Same. University of Pennsylvania. Yeah. He went into Wall Street because he needed to pay for his wife to get her medical degree at Columbia. He became a he was trading derivatives from Barclays Bank at 25 and he became a, a millionaire in the um, 90s at 25. And then he had a child that died at 13 days of age and he was so impacted by it. He went back to medical school and ended up um, at Columbia and then at Dar- to get his medical degree, he started over. That's how brilliant my brother was, that he had already made it on Wall Street and started over. But the Wall Street life was insane. And it was, it, it, he, I think it would have put him in the ground with drinking. We used to always say, when somebody said, what did your parents do? And we're in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. We would say, right before the break, we were in the iron and steel business. Mm. My mother would iron, my father would steal. Wow. D-Mac and I come back right after this.